Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Sunday, June 25th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I am Wayne Floyd, your host. Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there. Definitely worth your while. Um, I want to continue to point you at the final two links in our show notes. They are for the Vail Valley Baptist Church Give Sin Go campaign. Uh, we are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage to commence establishment of a Christian classic education-based school to provide a trustworthy alternative within our community. Uh, the other one is also of the Give Sin Go campaign. It is for my brother Nathaniel Jolly and his wife. They are church planners up in Alaska. They are in need of repairs to their car. Um, it's definitely very critical. Go ahead and click on the link. Nathaniel provides you a very solid description of all of that. Um, and then I would ask you to do the same thing for them. I'd ask you to pray for them. I'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to them. And I'd ask you to pass the link along. Also want to remind you that on July 23rd, uh, there will be a viewing party. There will be a viewing of the essential church movie put out by grace community church in california it's john MacArthur's church we've been chosen it as, as a viewing location like i said it's july 23rd at 6 p.m uh go to our website you can reach us at vvb.church uh scroll down the front page you'll find the flyer there and a link to click through so that you can reserve seats you, you're going to need to go and reserve seats um because we've got a limited number so definitely would love to see you there if you're going to be here to go ahead and attend and watch that. It'll definitely be worth your while. I'm very much looking forward to it. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in and do our Bible reading for Sunday. Uh, we're going to go ahead and open up with the first day morning prayer. Let's pray. O Lord, we commune with thee every day, but weekdays are worldly days and secular concerns reduce heavenly impressions. We bless thee, therefore, for the day sacred to our souls when we can wait upon thee and be refreshed. We thank thee for the institutions of religion by use of which we draw near to thee and thou to us. We rejoice in another Lord's Day when we call off our minds from the cares of the world and attend upon thee without distraction. Let our retirement be devout, our conversation edifying, our reading pious, our hearing profitable, that our souls may be quickened and elevated. We are going to the house of prayer, pour upon us the spirit of grace and supplication. We are going to the house of praise, awaken in us every grateful and cheerful emotion. We are going to the house of instruction, give testimony to the word preached, and glorify it in the hearts of all who hear. May it enlighten the ignorant, awaken the careless, reclaim the wandering, establish the weak, comfort the feeble-minded, make ready a people for their Lord. Be a sanctuary to all who cannot come. Forget not those who never come, and do thou bestow upon us benevolence towards our dependents, forgiveness towards our enemies, peaceableness towards our neighbors, openness towards our fellow Christians. Amen. All right, our morning devotion for this morning, for June 25th, from Spurgeon's morning and evening, the text for it is from Isaiah 40, verse 9. Get thee up into the high mountain. Our knowledge of Christ is somewhat like climbing one of our Welsh mountains. When you are at the base, you see but little. The mountain itself appears to be but one half as high as it really is. 
Confined in a little valley, you discover scarcely anything but the rippling brooks as they descend into the stream at the foot of the mountain. Climb the first rising knoll, and the valley lengthens and widens beneath your feet. Go higher, and you see the country for four or five miles around, and you are delighted with the widening prospect. Mount still, and the scene enlarges, till at last, when you are on the summit and look east, west, north, and south, you see almost all England lying before you. Yonder is a forest in some distant county, perhaps two hundred miles away, and here the sea, and there a shining river, and the smoking chimneys of a manufacturing town, or the masts of the ships in a busy port. All these things please and delight you, and you say, I could not have imagined that so much could be seen at this elevation. Now the Christian life is of the same order. When we first believe in Christ, we see but little of him. The higher we climb, the more we discover of his beauties. But who has ever gained the summit? Who has known all the heights and depths of the love of Christ, which passes knowledge? Paul, when grown old, sitting gray-haired, shivering in a dungeon in Rome, could say with greater emphasis than we can, I know whom I have believed. For each experience has been like the climbing of a hill. Each trial has been like ascending another summit, and his death seemed like gaining the top of the mountain, from which he could see the whole of the faithfulness and the love of him to whom he had committed his soul. Get thee up, dear friend, into the high mountain. All right, now our reading. We're going to be reading 2 Kings 8 through 2 Kings 9, 13, um, Acts 16, verse 16 through the end of the chapter, Psalm 143, and Proverbs 17, verse 26. So 2 Kings 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Now Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go with your household and sojourn wherever you can sojourn. For Yahweh has called for a famine, and it will even come on the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. Now it happened at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went out to cry out to the king for her house, for her field, and for her field. Now the king was speaking with Gehazi, the young man of the man of God, saying, Please recount to me all the great things that Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was recounting to the king how he had restored to life the one who was dead, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life was crying out to the king for her house and for her field. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. Then the king asked the woman, and she recounted it to him. So the king appointed for her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the produce of the field from the day that she left the land even until now. Then Elisha came to Damascus. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick, and it was told to him, saying, The man of God has come here. And the king said to Hazael, Take a present in your hand and go to meet the man of God and inquire of Yahweh by him, saying, Will I be restored to life from this sickness? So Hazael went to meet him and took a present in his hand, even every kind of good thing of Damascus, forty camels loads. And he came and stood before him and said, Your son Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, has sent me to you, saying, Will I be restored to life from this sickness? Then Elisha said to him, Go say to him, You will surely be restored to life. But Yahweh has shown me that he will certainly die. And he fixed his gaze steadily on him until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. Then Hazael said, Why does my Lord weep? Then he said, Because I know the evil that you will do to the sons of Israel. Their fortifications you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with the sword, and their infants you will dash in pieces, and their pregnant women you will rip up. Then Hazael said, But what is your servant, who is but a dog, that he should do this great thing? 
And Elisha answered, Yahweh has shown me that you will be king over Aram. So he went from Elisha and came to his master. And he said to him, What did Elisha say to you? And he said, He said to me that you would surely be restored to life. Now it happened that on the following day he took the cover and dipped it in water and spread it on his face, so he died, and Hazael became king in his place. Now in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat being then the king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, became king. He was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem, and he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab became his wife, and he did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh. However, Yahweh was not willing to make Judah a ruin for the sake of David his servant, since he had promised him to give a lamp to him through his sons always. In his days, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. Then Joram crossed over to Zer and all his chariots with him, and he arose by night and struck the Edomites who were surrounding him and the commanders of the chariots, but his army fled to their tents. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. Now the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Joram slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and Ahaziah his son became king in his place. In the twelfth year of Joram the son of Ahab king of Israel, Ahaziah the son of Jehoram king of Judah became king. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri king of Israel. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, and did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, like the house of Ahab had done, because he was a son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Then he went with Joram the son of Ahab to war with Hazael king of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Aramaean struck Joram. So King Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Arameans had caused by striking him at Ramah when he fought against Hazael, king of Aram. Then Ahaziah the son of Joram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, Joram the son of Ahab, in Jezreel because he was sick. Second Kings 9, reading through to verse 13. Now Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Gird up your loins and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth-Gilead. And you will come there and look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. And you will come in and bid him arise from among his brothers. And you will cause him to come into an inner room. Then you will take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says Yahweh, I have appointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not wait. So the young man, the young man of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. Then he came and behold, the commanders of the military were sitting. He said, I have a word for you, O commander. And Yehu said, For which one of us? And he said, For you, O commander. And he arose and came into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, and said to him, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of Yahweh, even over Israel. And you shall strike the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my slaves, the prophets, and the blood of all the slaves of Yahweh at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male person, both bond and free, in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha the son of Ahijah. And the dog shall eat Jezebel in the property of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. Now Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said to them, You know the man in his talk. And they said, It is a lie. Declare it to us now. And he said, Thus and thus he said to me. 
Thus says Yahweh, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then they hurried, and each man took his garment and placed it under him on the bare steps, and blew the trumpet, saying, Yehu is king. Let's see, Acts 16, starting in verse 16 to the end of the chapter. Now it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a servant girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paulina, she kept crying out, saying, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued doing this for many days. But being greatly annoyed, Paul turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to leave her. And it left at that very moment. But when her master saw that their hope of profit had left, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. And the crowd joined together to attack them, and the chief magistrates, tearing their garments off of them, proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted them with many wounds, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely, who, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the jailhouse were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his household. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly with his whole household because he had believed in God. Now when they came, the chief magistrates sent their policemen, I'm sorry, now when day came, the chief magistrates sent their policemen saying, release those men. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the chief magistrates have sent to release you, therefore come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, having beaten us in public without trial, men who are Romans, they have thrown us into prison. And now are they sending us away secretly? No, indeed, but let them come themselves and bring us out. And the policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and appealed to them, and when they had brought them out, they kept requesting them to leave the city. And they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia, and when they saw the brothers, they encouraged them and left. All right, Psalm 143, a Psalm of David. O Yahweh, hear my prayer, give ear to my supplications. Answer me in your faithfulness, in your righteousness, and do not enter into judgment with your slave. For no one living is righteous in your sight. For the enemy has pursued my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me inhabit dark places, like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit was faint within me, my heart was appalled within me. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all you have done. I muse on the works of your hand. Hands, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul reaches for you like a weary land. Selah. Answer me quickly, O Yahweh. My spirit wastes away. Do not hide your face from me, or I will become like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you. 
Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Yahweh. I have concealed myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Yahweh, revive me. In your righteousness bring my soul out of distress, and in your loving kindness cut off my enemies, and cause all those who assail my soul to perish, for I am your slave. All right. Well, that is our reading for the day. And now our evening devotion. Uh, the text for it is from Genesis 8-9. The dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. Reader, can you find rest apart from the ark, Christ, Christ Jesus? Then be assured that your religion is vain. Are you satisfied with anything short of a conscious knowledge of your union and interest in Christ? Then woe unto you. If you profess to be a Christian, yet find full satisfaction in worldly pleasures and pursuits, your pr profession is false. If your soul can search herself at rest and find the bed long enough and the coverlet broad enough to cover her in the chambers of sin, then you are a hypocrite and far enough from any right thoughts of Christ or perception of his preciousness. But if, on the other hand, you feel that if you could indulge in sin without punishment, yet it would be a punishment of itself, and that if you could have the whole world and abide in it forever, it would be quite enough misery not to be parted from it. For your God, your God, is what your soul craves after. Then be of good courage. Thou art a child of God, with all thy sins and imperfections. Take this to thy comfort. If thy soul has no rest in sin, thou art not as the sinner is. If thou art still crying after and craving after something better, Christ has not forgotten thee, for thou hast not quite forgotten him. The believer cannot do without his Lord. Words are inadequate to express his thought, thoughts of him. We cannot live on the sands of the wilderness. We want the manna which drops from on high. Our skin, our, sorry, our skin bottles of creature confidence cannot yield us a drop of moisture, but we drink of the rock which follows us, and that rock is Christ. When you feed on him, your soul can sing, He hath satisfied, sorry, he hath satisfied my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. But if you have him not, your bursting wine vat and well-filled barn can give you no sort of satisfaction. Rather lament over them in the words of wisdom. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. All right, well, that's our program for the day. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. If you've not already attended worship services this weekend, do so today. Do it. Not a request. It's a command, not from me, but from God. So do it. We've all got to make sure that we're constantly worshiping with the saints. That's what we are called to. Live streaming is not church. Just so you know, it's not. And that's not just my opinion. All right, well, let's go ahead and close out with prayer. The prayer we're going to close out with is the first day, first day evening prayer. It's called the teacher. Let's pray. Oh God, we bless thee, our creator, preserver, benefactor, teacher, for opening to us the volume of nature, where we may read and consider thy works. Thou hast this day spread before us the fuller pages of revelation, and in them we see what thou wouldst have us do, what thou requirest of us, what thou hast done for us, what thou hast promised to us, what thou hast given us in Jesus. We pray thee for a conscious experience of his salvation, and our deliverance from sin, and our bearing his image, and our enjoying his presence, and our being upheld by his free spirit. Let us not live uncertain of what we are, or where we are going. 
Bear witness with our spirit that we are thy children, and enable each one to say, I know my Redeemer. Bless us with a growing sense of this salvation. If already enlightened in Christ, may we see greater things. If quickened, may we have more abundant life. If renewed, let us go on from strength to strength. Give us closer abiding in Jesus, that we may bring forth more fruit. Have a deeper sense of our obligations to him, that we may surrender all. Have a fuller joy, that we may serve him more completely. And may our faith work by love towards him who died, towards our fellow believers, towards our fellow men. Amen. Okay, again, I hope you have a wonderful day. You need to be in church if you haven't done it already this weekend. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you.